Chronicles chapter number 24. I love hearing songs that stir me to think about my Savior. And what a blessing, what a blessing. Second Chronicles chapter number 24, it's been said before that where you stand oftentimes determines what you see. And what you see oftentimes determines where you stand. And this morning, I want to encourage you that I want you to stand upon the solid rock and just glean some things from God's Word and see what the Savior has for you. And as you see those things, I pray that it causes every single one of us to change where we're standing so that we see Him more clearly this morning. You see, we're living in a day and age where we're losing our young people every single day. As we're, we're seeing juniors and seniors coming through the church and we're seeing young people that are being raised in church, it's as though as soon as they graduate high school, we're losing them. And I believe that we are losing them because we've never once seen them come to the place where they said, hey, I have to have a personal relationship with my Savior. You see, it's more than them, and I've said this a couple weeks ago, but it's more than them just coming to the house of God every single Sunday and Wednesday. You see, the goal is not that our young people come to church. The goal is not that our young people sing in church. The goal is not that our young people go and they come to the house of God and they go and serve here. The goal is always Jesus. And as we point our young people to Jesus, they'll see that they have to have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus. And they'll say, hey, I love Him, so now... I want to be at the house of God. Hey, I love Him, so now, hey, yeah, I want to sing about my Savior. I want to go and serve. I want to go and do all of these many things. And we see in this portion of Scripture in 2 Chronicles chapter number 24, a young boy. He's seven years old, as a matter of fact, and he becomes the king. And he begins to, to, to reign. As he reigns, he is introduced to a gentleman by the name of Jehoiada. And this one by the name of Jehoiada is used so mightily in Joash's life but the sad reality is that we see at the beginning of 2 Chronicles 24 that this young boy begins to reign as he's reigning. He's doing some good things. Matter of fact, we're going to praise the Lord for a lot of the things that he was doing. But then there comes a day when Jehoiada is no longer there. And we see a sad reality and a sad ending to this one by the name of Joash. When Jehoiada goes off of the scene, Joash no longer does what he was doing. He no longer lives how he was living. He no longer gives heed to the things of God, to the ways of God. But as a matter of fact, there is a, a couple of princes. And there are some others who are worldly and no longer allowing himself to walk with God and walk in the ways of God. He gives ear to these wicked individuals and it ends up costing him his life. Matter of fact, not only does it cost him his life, but the reality is he also takes part in some things that if he were to look back, he'd say, I regret doing that. Notice what the Bible says, if you would, Second Chronicles 24. We'll backtrack here in just a few moments. But in verse number 1, the Bible says, Joash was seven years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Zebiah of Beersheba. And Joash did that which was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. Now, you're looking at that statement. If you were just to read that statement and you weren't able to have anything else given, any context given after that verse, you would say, oh, this gentleman served God. He worshiped God. He lived for God. But we're missing a key statement right here. We might not be missing it. We might just be overlooking it. But notice again in verse number 2, this statement, all the days of Jehoiada. All the days of Jehoiada. This morning I want to preach a message entitled, All the Days of Jehoiada. It's a message that I believe we can apply to every single one of us this morning. 
If I were to define these young boys as the Bible does here, I would find myself saying, And Jared did that which was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Chris, his father. And we find Jonathan, and Jonathan did that which was right all the days of Chris, his father. We see this young man right here. Well, he didn't do that which was right. We won't go there. Now, this young man did that which was right all the days of Brian, his father. We begin to define these young men. We begin to define these young ladies. The key statement in this portion of Scripture is all the days of Jehoiada. If you were to find the kings that you find in 2 Chronicles and 1 Chronicles and 1 and 2 Kings, they're defined by one of two ways. They're defined by one of two statements, as actually, that they did that which was right in the sight of the Lord or they did not that which was right in the sight of the Lord. We'll see in chapter 25, 26, 27, 28, 29 that there are some other kings that are mentioned and they're defined by how they lived for the Lord, basically. You see, every single one of us, I shared a little bit of this in our Sunday school hour, but every single one of us could define our lives by one simple statement if we did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Can I share with you that in this portion of Scripture we see that the Bible says he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada. And the goal here this morning, the emphasis here this morning, is that these young people and that these juniors that are back in junior church and that the children that are coming through the nursery will not just live right in the sight of the Lord only while their parents are in front of them. And that they won't live right only when they come to the house of God and their pastor sees them. And that they won't only live right in the sight of the Lord only when they're around a spiritual crowd, but that these young people and those young people, those children up in the nursery right there will grow up and they'll say, you know what, regardless of how my parents live, regardless of how my friends live, regardless of how the society that we're living in tells me how I should live, I'm going to live for Jesus no matter what. That's the goal here this morning. Notice what the Bible says one more time in verse number 2. And Joash did that which was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. Go to the Lord in prayer with me if you would. And we're going to spend some time emphasizing this statement all the days of Jehoiada. Lord, we do thank you this morning. We thank you for the spirit. Lord, what a blessing it is to have such a sweet spirit in our church. We thank you for the music we've been able to sing. Thank you for the special music we've been able to hear. We thank you for the time of fellowship. Thank you for the time in Sunday school hour. Lord, the teachers teaching God's word, what a blessing that is. Children coming out excited because they learned something. Lord, we thank you for our workers in the nursery. Thank you for those who have been able to be at the house of God this morning. And Lord, we're praying right this very moment, Lord, that you would meet with us. Lord, if we've come to the house of God and we walk out saying that was a great service, but we missed that we had an opportunity to meet with the Savior, Lord, we've missed it all. Lord, may we walk out the doors of the church saying, I love my Savior more now than I did when I walked in. I want to serve my Savior more now than I did when I walked in. Lord, help us to fall back in love with you. Lord, we're praying for our young people as they're preparing for junior camp and teen camp. Lord, we're praying that you would deal with them. Lord, that we wouldn't send them to these camps, Lord, and Lord, just watch them come back unmoved, unchanged, without making any decisions for you. But Lord, we're praying that you get a hold of their hearts. Lord, that you would reveal what you have for them, not just now, but, Lord, their future. Lord, that they would give it to you and watch you do something great. Lord, we're praying for these teenagers. 
Lord, we've got teenagers that are growing up, and Lord, we'll be out of the youth department in just a few years. Lord, I pray that they wouldn't miss it. Lord, they might be saying right this very moment that they've got time. But we find in God's word that, Lord, we're not promised tomorrow. And so, Lord, help us not to live based upon years in advance, what we want to do, but, Lord, help us to live in the present for you. Lord, every single day, surrender our all. Every single day, find ourselves committed to what you have for us. Lord, as we draw ourselves to Second Chronicles chapter number 24 and look at this one by the name of Joash. Lord, he started out well. He even ran well, but, Lord, he didn't finish well. And, Lord, the sad reality is, Lord, many of us as Christians sometimes, if we don't realize it now, Lord, I pray that you'd bring us to that point where we realize it today. Lord, we've started well. We may be even running well, but, Lord, we need to finish well. Help us to run the race that you've set before us. Help us to run it with patience. Help us to run it with our eyes fixed on you, not on our circumstances, not on our society, not on our government, not on other people, not on other Christians. But, Lord, fixed on you. Draw us unto yourself this morning. Bring us to the place you'd have for us to be. Guide us and direct us, Lord. I pray that you'd empty me of self. Lord, forgive me of sin and fill me with your spirit. I pray that I wouldn't get in the way. I pray that I wouldn't hinder the preaching of your word. Lord, that I'd preach what you've laid upon my heart, what you'd have for me to say. And, Lord, nothing but. Guide us, Lord, this morning. Have your will, have your way. Lord, remove the distractions. Remove all the hindrances. And help us to draw closer to you this morning. We'll thank you for it. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. The Bible says in verse number 2, one more time, And Joash did that which was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. As you back up with me for just a moment, and you come to the book of Second Chronicles chapter number 22 for just a moment, you'll see as you lay this foundation that Joash's story starts long before you even come to chapter number 24. You see, chapter number 24, we're introduced to Joash as a king. But before we even come to chapter number 24, we see in chapter number 22 that God began to protect him. And there's a woman by the name, if you were to come here to this passage of Scripture, notice what the Bible says in verse number 1 of chapter number 22. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem made Ahaziah, his youngest son, king in his stead. For the band of men that came with the Arabians to the camp had slain all the eldest, so Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, reigned. Forty and two years old was Ahaziah when he began to reign, and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name was also Athaliah, the daughter of Omri. Now, Athaliah was a wicked woman. She was vile. Matter of fact, as you continue reading in chapter number 22, you'll find that Ahaziah ends up getting killed. As Ahaziah is end up getting killed, this woman by the name of Athaliah finds out the news that her son has just been killed. And what does she do? She desires that she's going to chop off all the heads of the children. She's going to cut off the line. She's going to make sure that none of the children survive because they just killed her son. In verse number 11 of this same chapter, notice what the Bible says. Back up to actually verse number 10, the Bible says, But when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the seed royal the house of Judah. Verse number 11. But Jehoshabeth, the daughter of the king, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him from among the king's sons that were slain, and put him and his nurse in a bedchamber. So Jehoshabeth, the daughter of the king, Jehoram, the wife of Jehoiada the priest. Notice that there. The wife of Jehoiada the priest. She was the sister of Ahaziah, hid him from Athaliah so that 
she slew him not. And he was with them, hid in the house of God six years, and Athaliah reigned over the land. So in chapter number 22, as you come to this portion of Scripture, you begin to see that God's protection is beginning to take place immediately. As you go to chapter number 23, notice what the Bible says in verse number 20. As you come to chapter number 23, verse number 20, the Bible says, And he took the captains of the hundreds, and the nobles, and the governors of the people, and all the people of the land, and brought down the king from the house of the Lord. And they came through the high gate in the king's house, and set the king upon the throne of the kingdom. And all the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was quiet after they had slain Athaliah with the sword. So you begin to see God's protection. You begin to see in chapter number 23 God's provision as well as he takes care of Athaliah. Athaliah is no longer someone that is going to try to kill this one by the name of Joash, even though it was her grandson. She's no longer going to try to do this. And in chapter number 24, verse number 1, you see the promotion of Joash. The promotion of Joash is what the Bible says. Joash was seven years old when he began to reign. So immediately you see God's protection and provision on this one by the name of Joash. Can I share with you this morning that before any of us were born, we can look back all along before we were born and see God's protection even on our lives. You can look back and you can see the provision of God. Many of us, as we look back at our family tree and we look back at our family history, we're amazed at what God did in our families. We're amazed at how the Lord worked. And as you begin to study and you begin to look at this one by the name of Joash, you see some things that are just amazing. Now, a seven-year-old boy has no business running an entire kingdom. He has no business being a king. There's no reason for it. There's no confidence that could be placed in a seven-year-old. Yet he was the king. But the amazing thing about this king at the age of seven was that God put in his life an individual who could be used of God to influence him for good. Can I share with you this morning that we've got some young people in our church, and though they have parents, parents, you are being used of God to influence your children. But here's the question, are you influencing them for good or for bad? Now, are you finding yourself influencing for good, and you say, hey, I'm going to raise my children in the house of God, and I'm going to raise my children for God. I'm going to raise my children with a desire to serve the Lord and love the Lord, and they're going to see God not only in the house of God, but they're going to see God in their parents. Hey, and when we leave the house of God, they're going to see that their parents act one way in the house of God and they act that same way outside the house of God. We're not going to find that, hey, they they see a, a Christian in the house of God, but whenever we get out of the house of God, they look at their parents and say, what in the world happened? No, they're going to find Christians in the home as well. You see, we're living in a world today where young people are looking and they're finding and they're searching, who can I draw some things from? And if we don't reach them, somebody will. Can I share with you, though, not only their parents are they looking at, but these young people that are sitting on the front row, these young people in the congregation this morning, the young people that are in the back, and the young people that are going to grow up in this nursery, they're looking at others. You might say, I'm just a church member. No, you're not just a church member. You see, some of the greatest people that were used in my life were people that weren't my family. They weren't my parents. They weren't my, my aunts and uncles. They weren't even kin to me at all outside of Jesus Christ. But guess what? God used them in a mighty way. Just a couple of weeks ago, we had a, a family that stopped on in, and these individuals were are individuals that I talk about often, the Coppicks. And as soon as he walked to the door, he asked me the same question. He asked me all the time. Whenever I was growing up in the youth department, he'd say, how's your walk with the Lord? And I'll tell you what, that puts things into perspective, don't it? 
You walk into the house of God, and as a teenager, you think, hey, I've got everything taken care of. Hey, I'm the best on this team, or I, I'm the, the coolest here, or whatever these things that are crossing through your minds, or you've got, you know, teenagers, they, they, we, 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 as, as all of us have been teenagers, we thought we had it going on. And all of a sudden, a, 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 an individual in the church just walks up to you, and they say, how's your walk with the Lord? And all of a sudden, as a teenager, you say, you know what, I probably really need to start opening my Bible once again. You know, I haven't prayed, or... You know, I haven't done this, and all of a sudden it, it convicts you. Now, I remember growing up in church, and a lot of these people were used in my life. As a matter of fact, my father-in-law was used in my life long before he was my father-in-law. God put him in my life for a reason. Notice with me, number one, we see in this portion of Scripture, chapter number 24 of the book of Second Chronicles, Joash's Submission. In Joash's Submission, you begin to see that this boy had no idea, probably as a seven-year-old boy, what he was doing. He had no business being the king. He had no clue what he was going to be. And so all of a sudden, Jehoiada begins to come onto the scene. The Bible says in verse number 2 that Joash did that which was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada. Now, as you study chapter number 24, you're going to see that God used Jehoiada to shape and to mold Joash into being someone that he was supposed to be. Matter of fact, Jehoiada did all that he could do to reveal to Joash what God could do with him. He pointed him in the direction of Christ. He made sure that he was living for God. He made sure that he saw things that he was supposed to see and he was doing things that he was supposed to be doing as a king should do. That's why the Bible tells us that he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. That helps us to understand that all that Jehoiada was revealing and showing to Joash was that which was pleasing to the eyes of God. He was submitted. You find Joash's submission. Can I share with you as we touch on a couple of things? The first thing we see about his submission was that he was willing to submit. Let me address just the young people for just a moment. As you think about being willing to submit, and this can be applied to every single one of us, but this morning, Joash was willing to submit. Can I share with you, young people, that you ought to be willing to submit to some authority in your life? God has placed your parents and God has placed some people in your life for you to submit to so that you can be directed in the paths of the Lord. Joash was, was willing to submit. Joash wasn't too prideful in the sense that he had it figured out. No, he didn't have everything figured out. Before we got married, Miss Kelly and I, we had people coming up to us and telling us that it was going to fly by. And then all of a sudden, when we were about to have Jackson, I remember people coming up and saying, hey, you better take it all in. It's going to fly by. And I remember thinking as a, as a new parent, we had just had our first little boy. I remember thinking, man, it's not going to fly by. You don't really, you're not sleeping at home. He's up every night in the middle of the night. You don't realize that it's going to fly by. He's about to turn five. It's flown by. I thought I knew some things. And I look back and I rejoice that God has put some people in my path that have shed some wisdom upon my life. I have some preachers in my life that I'll call occasionally whenever I'm seeking advice because I understand, hey, I don't know everything. Matter of fact, they don't know everything, but they have some wisdom they can share. But here's the other thing. Not only was Joash willing, young people, I want to encourage you, you need to be willing to submit. But Joash was watching. Hey, Mom. Hey, Dad. Your children are watching you. Hey, church member, you just think you're a church member. Your young people in this church are watching you. You don't think they're paying attention, but they are. When you walk through the doors of the church, you might just think that, hey, I don't have any children in the church. I don't have anyone that I'm kin to in the church. Nobody's paying attention to me. They're watching. 
Matter of fact, they're going to end, end up getting out of the, the, the church and maybe going to a, a, a college out of state or they're going to be going uh, and, and making, making their own family and getting married and living their own life and you won't even realize it, but maybe they'll visit someday and they'll come back to the church and they'll be visiting and we'll have a testimony service. And that young person who once was a young person is going to raise their hand and they're going to raise their hand and say, hey, I just want to share a testimony. And they're going to say something along the lines of this, hey, you wouldn't know it because I never told anybody, but I've grown up a a little bit, I've matured, and I never told you this, but this individual in the church made a lasting impact on my life. You're going to be sitting in your seat saying, I never knew that. You know, there's going to be a lot of things we find out in heaven one day. And we're going to find out that we had a lasting impact on a lot of people when we get to heaven one day. But here's what I wonder. What kind of impact am I leaving? You see, all the days of Jehoiada means that Jehoiada passed at some point. Matter of fact, go with me if you would for just a moment because you'll find that he did pass. The Bible says in verse number 15 of this same chapter, But Jehoiada waxed old and was full of days when he died. A hundred and thirty years old was he when he died. And our young people this morning are looking up to their moms and their dads and they're looking up to people in the church and they're looking up to other Christians around this world. But can I share with you, if we never point them to Jesus, if we never tell them that they have to have their own personal walk with the Lord, because someday we're going to pass on. Hey, Josh Farmer is going to pass on someday. I can only leave a lasting impact on these young boys right here and these young ladies and these young people in our church while I'm here. But guess what? Josh Farmer is going to wax old, and Josh Farmer is going to get, get gone off this scene someday. And then what? If I invest in this young man right here, and Jared begins to live for the Lord, but he's only living for the Lord in the presence of Josh Farmer, then he's missed it, and I've obviously not pointed him to Jesus. But if I look at Jared and I say, Hey, Jared, you see this Bible that you hold in your hands? This Bible right here, I love this Bible. Matter of fact, hey, yours is red letter. Mine's not even red letter. Yours is, yours, I mean, I have, to, I have to focus a little more. You don't even have to focus as much right here. You got the letters read already for you. But you see my Bible right here? It's the same Bible that you hold in your hands. And you see this Jesus that's spoken of right here in this Bible? It's the same Jesus that's spoken of in your Bible. Hey, and you see, the, you see all the many stories that I have that I'm reading in this Bible? Hey, they're the same stories that you can read in your Bible. And hey, you know the same Jesus that I preach of? Hey, this is the same Jesus that you can preach of. And hey, all the many things that I read in this Bible right here that have made a lasting impact, they can make a lasting impact on your life too. But you have to make the decision. You see, every single one of us have to make that decision. In my office, you'll go in there and you'll see that all the many pictures that these young people have drawn for me, I have in there. I keep them. Some of them are very flattering. Some of them not so much. Some of them are generous. I was trying to grow a beard a while back, and Miss Laney drew a picture of me, and she was very generous in giving me a beard. And all the rest of you made fun of me with it. But you know what the most precious thing that's in there is? The top shelf. I have a Bible. That Bible is my grandfather. Me and Brother John were talking about this a couple weeks ago. As you open that Bible, you'll see that he highlighted some things. We were talking. We were both wondering this. What was God doing when Ted Albright took his highlighter and began to highlight right there? 
What was God doing whenever Ted Albright went all the way to the back of his Bible and began to write some things down? What was God doing? I look back at that Bible and I hold that precious Bible in my hands and I just hold it there and I wonder, what was God doing in my granddaddy's life? And the thing that I hold precious about his testimony was that as he was laying in his deathbed and he was sitting in the hospital and I called him for just a few moments, one of the last times I talked to him, he said, I'm going to see you again someday. Amen. And I'll tell you what, there's coming a day when I get to heaven and I see my granddaddy, I'm going to say, hey, what was going on in that church service whenever you highlighted that? Why did you put that right there in your Bible? What were you doing there? But can I share with you? There are also some lasting impacts that I have with my grandparents that pointed me to Christ. I remember going out to Arizona and me and my, my grandfather having conversations, talking about the Bible. And I remember those things. But guess what? Josh Farmer did that which was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of his life when Ted Albright was there. Ted Albright influenced me for however many years he lived on this earth. But I can't live through Ted Albright. I have to have my own personal relationship. Notice with me not only Joash's submission, but we see Joash's steadiness, and this is where it really hits home. Look with me in verse number 5. The Bible says this, Backing up actually to verse number 3, And Jehoiada took him for, for him two wives and begat sons and daughters. And it came to pass that after that, Joash was minded to repair the house of the Lord. Let's just pause right there for just a moment. And we come to understand the importance of the house of God this morning. As you bring your young people to the house of God, can I share with you this morning that as we're trying to instill in them that they have to have a, a personal walk with the Savior, this isn't just one of your homeboy's hizzies. And this just isn't one of uh, your, your best friend's place that you come and just, you just chill. This isn't just another place that you walk into and you say, hey, this is just another, another hot spot that we come to. No, this is the house of God. This is the place where we come and we as a church family, as a body of believers, come and we worship Him in spirit and truth. We don't just treat the house of God as just another place. And the Bible says in verse number 5, And he gathered together the priests and the Levites and said to them, Go unto your cities of Judah and gather all of Israel money to repair the house of your God from year to year. You know what was serious about Jehoiada? He was teaching Joash that, hey, when you come to the house of God, you make sure you take care of the house of God. You make sure that if there's something that needs to be tended to, that you tend to it. Hey, if you see something that needs to be repaired, you repair it. And what he did is he did this year by year. Can I share with you that it would do us all some good that as we come to the house of God, we commit to some things year by year. That we say, hey, I'm going to make sure that yearly I'm making sure that I'm making a point to take care of these things and to be given to these things and to make sure that God has me settled right here. He did these things year by year. But as you go to verse number 11, look with me what the Bible says. In verse number 11, the Bible says, Now it came to pass at that what time the chest was brought into the king's office by the hand of the Levites. And when they saw that there was much money, the king's scribes and the high priest officer came and emptied the chest and took it and carried it to his place again. Thus they did day by day, gathered money in abundance. Can I share with you this little box right here? Brother Harold's come up to me before. This little box right here was built based upon this passage of Scripture. But can I share with you that statement right there? Day by day, your young people are looking at you. They're watching. They might not be willing to submit to some things right now, but that's what we're praying about. 
but they're watching. And I wonder if they're watching those who are making an influence in the church on their lives as they're watching those young, those people in the church, if they're watching you live the Christian life on a daily basis. I wonder, Mom, I wonder, Dad, if our children are watching us every single day living for Christ on a daily basis. I wonder how many times our young people have seen us open our Bibles and just spend some time reading it. I wonder how many times our young people have seen us just get on our knees and spend some time in prayer just because. I imagine that if our young people were to walk into the house, maybe not so if we were reading the Bible. If we were reading the Bible, they might not catch them off guard. But if our young people were to walk into our house and they were to see mama or daddy on their knees praying, it might cause them to say, what in the world's happened? What's going on? What did I miss? What are you doing? Is everything okay? Oh, yeah, I'm just spending some time in prayer. Oh, I haven't seen you in that position before. I I, I didn't know you were praying. I'm sorry. But I wonder what a difference it would make if we were finding ourselves. Jared, you come here for just a moment. Jared, I want you to do something for me so that we can illustrate this picture. I want you to go and you just stand right there. You're going to be dad for a minute. I know, you don't look anything like Get on your knees. Act like you're praying. I want you to walk around that corner. When you see your dad praying, you walk over to him and get on your knees too. Hey, Dad, what a picture. What a moment this would be in your house. Put your arm around your dad, man. Act like you love him. (laughs) Y'all can go ahead and be seated. Dad's on his knees praying for his family, praying for some direction, praying for God to do a work. And that son walks by and sees his dad on his knees and goes and he spends some time in prayer with him. Can I ask you this question? What are you doing day by day to influence your children for Christ? Church, let me ask you, what are we doing day by day to influence our children for Christ? Sunday school teacher, workers, what are we doing to influence this next generation for Christ that they would understand that, hey, we need to have a personal walk with the Lord? Go with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter number 27. If you were to go and you were to look at the gospel accounts, you'll find that the disciples were oftentimes watching the Lord. What a testimony that is. What a picture that is. They saw it all. But I want you to see a couple of things. In chapter number 27 of the book of Matthew, the Bible says in verse number 35, And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. Notice verse number 36. And sitting down, they watched him there. Go with me, if you would, for just a moment over to verse number 54. Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus. They were watching. Matter of fact, as he's on the cross, as you find as that one... Thief to the right and the thief to the left. There's a one looks at him and says, If thou art Jesus, save thyself and us. One says, What are you doing? What are you doing? Jesus leads the one to himself as he's on the cross. Tells him he's going to be in paradise. If you remember, as you're sitting there and you're reading the passage, there's one who says, Surely this was the Christ. They're watching him. As we find ourselves, as we are trying to make a lasting impact on this next generation, we say, hey, I want to make a lasting impact on this next generation. Do you know what would do us good? 
if we as adults would find ourselves watching Jesus. Hey, as we watch Jesus, they'll see Jesus. They'll look at us and say, hey, something's different about mama, something's different about daddy, what is it? They walk up to you and say, you've been acting weird, what's changed? Jesus. Jesus. You know some people that you've come in contact with over the last couple of years. They might look at you and say, you're not the same person you were a couple of years ago. And you start laughing you say, praise Jesus. Huh, good thing. He's done a work in me and he's not finished yet. They see Jesus. And notice when we finally we see this. Joe Ashes surrender. We're not going to be long at this point right here. Look with me in verse number 17 on down. The Bible says in verse number 17, Now after the death of Jehoiada came the princes of Judah and made obedience to the king. Then the king hearkened unto them. That word hearken means that he listened to, he gave into. As you go and you read this passage of scripture, you read on down. Jehoiada's son comes onto the scene and tries to shed some light onto the situation, tries to cause him to think about some things and make sure that he doesn't make the wrong decision, if you would. The Bible says in verse number 20, The Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada the priest, which stood above the people, and said unto them, Thus saith God, why transgress ye the commandments of the Lord, that ye cannot prosper? Because ye have forsaken the Lord, he hath also forsaken you. And they conspired against him and stoned him with the stones of the commandment of the king in the court of the house of the Lord. Joash's pride begins to take over and he stones the one person who made a lasting impact on his life, his son. The Bible goes on. Verse number 22, Thus Joash the king remembered not the kindness which Jehoiada his father had done to him, but slew his son. And when he died, he said, The Lord look upon it and require it now when we look at that word submission oftentimes we think oh that's a good word but it's twofold what are we submitting to you see are you submitting to the lord are you submitting to the things of the world you see as we look at our children we look at these young people we're praying that god would do something special in their lives and young people this is where i draw it home for you you're going to have a lot of people that are praying for you Matter of fact, you probably don't even know this, but you probably have a lot of people that are shedding tears over you. And they're praying that God would do something special in your life. That God would move and direct and guide. And they're praying that God would show His will for you and that you would follow that will. But at the end of the day, guess what, young people? You have to make that personal decision yourself. Hey, you can't... Hey, if God's called you to preach, you better not say, I'm, Hey, God, a um, uh, uh, Daddy called me to preach. No, Daddy didn't call you to preach. My mama told me I should be a preacher. That don't matter if God ain't called you to it. Hey, young people, if God's called you to the mission field, it better not be that you say, hey, that Sunday school teacher told me I should be a missionary. Well, if God ain't called you to be a missionary, what are you thinking? God ought to call you and God ought to do some of the things he's in your life. But here's the, here's the, the thing about it. You have to make the personal decision. It's got to be real to you. But here's the question also, parents, church members. Are we even praying for our young people? You see, it was Jeremiah who wept over the children. It was Jesus who said, suffer not the little children. As you study the Scripture, you'll find in many portions of Scripture that there were individuals who had a burden for young people. Daniel was a young person who had purposed in his heart. And I wonder this morning, if we would find ourselves saying, you know what, 
I want to reach these young people. I want to pray with them. I want to pray for them. If we would find some young people that would say, you know what, I want to do something for God. Not only live for the Lord, but I want to live for Him daily. I'll close with this. There's an individual by the name of Devin Booker. If you follow sports, you would know his name. He's a basketball player in the NBA. And Devin Booker looked up to an individual that many of us, if not all of us, know the name of Kobe Bryant. Many of you know Kobe Bryant passed away a couple of years ago in a helicopter crash. And right before Kobe Bryant had died in that helicopter crash, he was talking to Kobe, I mean, uh, to Devin Booker. And I can't remember if it was a, a jersey swap, text message, a piece of paper, whatever the case would be. But very simply, on that message that was delivered from Kobe Bryant to, to Devin Booker was, be legendary. This morning... I want to deliver a message, and that message is not be legendary. But this morning, young people, I want to encourage you, be holy. Be sold out. Be godly. Be surrendered. Be sanctified. Be given. Be transformed. And just be all in. Hey, you do all those things? That's legendary. You say, no, I want to make all the money I can in this world. That ain't legendary. You're going to leave it here on this earth anyways. You say, I want to, have the high, I want to be the, 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 the coolest person to ever walk this earth. That ain't legendary. People will forget about you at some point. You say, I want, hey, I want to be the best athlete. I want to be the best musician. I want to be the person who can do this and do that. No, just be holy. Just be given to God. Just be surrendered. Young, uh, young people are looking at these individuals in our church, looking at their parents. Parents, can I deliver one message to you this morning? You might be saying, I want to be the cool parent. Don't worry about that right now. I, I want to be legendary. No, don't worry about that. You want to make a lasting impact on these young people? Be holy. Be godly. Be sold out. Be surrendered. Be sanctified. Be all in. Find yourself saying, God, use me in spite of me. That will make a lasting impact on these young people. They're watching you, Mama. They're watching you, Daddy. Church, they're watching us. What are we going to do about it? Are we going to live for God or are we going to live like this world? There's enough people that claim to be Christians living like the world. We need some Christians this morning to say, you know what? Forget the world and give me Jesus and live for him. Lord, we do thank you this morning. We thank you for your goodness. We're asking that you would use us. Take this invitation, use it the way you see fit. Help us to be sold out and given to you all the days of our life, not just because so-and-so, not just while so-and-so lives, but just simply let it stop right there, that we lived all the days of our lives and did that which was right all the days of our lives. Use us. We thank you for it. And it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Would you stand with me?